0: It's Tuesday, July the 20th, and this is your Morning Briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, the potential cause of a wildfire in California and cyber activity from China. First, the World in Brief. PG&E, an American utility company, said its equipment may have sparked the Dixie Fire, which has become one of the biggest in California this year, covering some 30,000 acres. In Oregon, the bootleg fire grew to more than 300,000 acres, the largest among the 70 wildfires currently scorching America's west. PG&E says it is cooperating with state investigators. America and allies, including the European Union, NATO, Australia, Britain, Canada, Japan and New Zealand, accused China's Ministry of State Security of illegal cyber activities. The Biden administration says it has, quote, high confidence that a malicious hacking campaign using vulnerabilities in the Microsoft Exchange server, first disclosed in March, is linked to hackers affiliated with the Chinese ministry. Asian stock markets followed America's on a downward slide as investors got a sudden case of the heebie-jeebies over the Delta variant of COVID-19 that is sweeping the world and threatening the economic recovery. The S&P 500 share index of big American firms had closed down 1.6%. Bond yields also slumped, as did the price of oil. Pedro Castillo was finally recognised as the winner of Peru's presidential election nearly a month after squeaking ahead in its second round. His challenger, Keiko Fujimori, daughter of a former president convicted of running anti-Maoist death squads, conceded, despite having claimed electoral fraud. Mr Castillo, a leftist former schoolteacher born to illiterate peasants, is to be inaugurated in eight days. Haiti's Interim Prime Minister Claude Joseph resigned, making way for Ariel Henry to succeed him. Mr Henry had been designated to do so before President Jovenel Moïse was assassinated in the early hours of July 7th. When Mr Joseph proposed to extend his own tenure, foreign diplomats asked him to step down, and one senator called it an attempted coup. A federal court sentenced a man who breached America's Senate chamber during the storming of the Capitol on January 6th to eight months in prison. Paul Allard Hodgkins, the first felony defendant sentenced for his role in the riot, apologised for his actions. Scores of other defendants are accused of serious crimes connected with the attack. Robinhood filed documents for its initial public offering. The online brokerage is hoping to raise as much as $2.3 billion by issuing 55 million shares, valuing the whole at $35 billion. Even so, the firm's IPO filings warn that the company's rapid expansion, a result of this year's retail trading boom, may not be sustainable. And fact of the day... 80% the proportion of Japanese that do not want the Tokyo Olympics to go ahead this year, according to recent polls. And now, here's today's agenda. Pragmatism over morality. Amnesty in Northern Ireland. Today, Northern Ireland's devolved assembly will discuss a de facto amnesty for all crimes related to its 30-year sectarian conflict known as the Troubles. The British government, which announced the move last week, argues that the amnesty will hasten reconciliation and take pressure off the justice system. Northern Ireland has chosen pragmatism over morality before. In 1998, the Good Friday Agreement ended the troubles, in part because it freed prisoners and limited prison terms for many of those later convicted of crimes linked to it. But victims who had to accept only partial punishment of offenders may now see none imposed at all. The move will also ruffle feathers at Stormont, the seat of Northern Ireland's assembly. The main political parties, both Unionist and Nationalist, each wanting justice done for their own community, will probably unite to recite their objections to the amnesty. Expect it to go ahead nonetheless. Ready Player Two – Netflix's next act What do you do when you have signed up nearly everyone in your home market? Netflix's quarterly earnings call today will provide some clues. Most future growth will come from abroad. Already more than 80% of the streaming service's new subscribers come from outside America. Expect that number to rise as it piles into foreign markets, particularly in Asia. The next more intriguing step could be for Netflix to go beyond video. It is already mimicking its rival Disney by investing more in merchandise and live events themed around its shows. A potentially bigger opportunity lies in gaming. Last week, the firm confirmed that it had poached an experienced gaming boss, Mike Verdu from Facebook, a social media network. Netflix subscribers can expect games in the mobile app within a year. Tech giants such as Amazon and Google have struggled to crack gaming but do not underestimate the company that a dozen years ago delivered most of its movies by mail. At long last, Wally and Bezos blast off. In 1961, Mary Wallace Wally Funk, a 22-year-old flight instructor, volunteered for a privately run Woman in Space programme. The scheme trained and tested female pilots in the same ways as the men who became NASA's first astronauts. She passed with flying colours. But at the time, America's space agency did not want women as astronauts. Even when it did start recruiting them in the 1970s, Ms Funk's applications were repeatedly turned down. She lacked an engineering degree, apparently. Today, at the age of 82, she will at last make it to space alongside Jeff Bezos on the first crewed flight of the new Shepard rocket plane built by Mr. Bezos' company, Blue Origin. Coming just over a week after Richard Branson flew to space on a Virgin Galactic rocket plane, the flight marks the beginning of a new competitive era in space tourism. Miss Funk, who was paid to be on Virgin Galactic's waiting list, may soon be able to advise prospective tourists about which service to choose. Where there's smoke, the American West is burning again. The Bootleg Fire in southern Oregon is roughly the same size as the city of Los Angeles. It is the largest fire currently burning in the American West, but far from the only one. The National Interagency Fire Centre estimates that 80 large fires are raging across 13 states. Warming winters caused by the increase of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere and a multi-decade drought have lengthened the region's wildfire season from four months to anywhere from six to eight. Not only are the fires burning longer, they are also causing more damage. Some eighty nine thousand buildings have gone up in flames in the past fifteen years, with sixty two per cent of those in the past three years alone. Those figures are sure to worsen. As the populations of California, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington state have grown, so has the fire risk. Nearly half of the West's population now lives in wildfire prone lands. Talking shop. Berlin's Humboldt Forum opens. The Humboldt Forum, Germany's most ambitious new cultural development, is revealed in person to the public for the first time today. The official ceremony will be overseen by Monika Grütters, the Minister of State for Culture, and Michael Müller, Berlin's Mayor. Entry to the inaugural exhibitions will be free for the first 100 days. The centre, which has cost more than 644 million euros $760 million, and is situated on a historic site that stretches across Museum Island, brings together Berlin's collections of Asian art and ethnology, as well as the city's library, the Municipal Museum and the Humboldt University. The project has been controversial for, among other things, the museum's ethnological collections. These were acquired during Germany's African colonial period. Debate over restitution to Africa has become increasingly vocal in recent years, but the museum's supporters hope it will create an opportunity for dialogue between former colonial powers and the countries they once ruled, while cementing Berlin's identity as an outward-looking cultural metropolis. Summer Quiz Can You Beat Our Baristas Would you like to challenge our baristas in a test of general knowledge? A daily question will be posed here Monday to Thursday. The first readers, one each from Asia, Europe, Africa and the Americas, to email editor-espresso at economist.com on Thursday with all four correct answers and the theme linking them will be named and celebrated on Friday. Include your home city and country. Tuesday. Which country is currently dogged by an outbreak of sea snot off its coastline? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Petrarch, who was born on this day in 1304. Books have led some to learning, and others to madness, when they swallow more than they can digest. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays.